Hello again, everybody. It's uh, Jason Powers. So I'm out at my normal time, going on 2 o'clock in the morning. Figured I'd uh, come out and do a little podcast outdoors, of course. It's pretty nice. A little starting to get down into high 40s or whatever, but other than that, it's pretty good. <clears throat> so I was just uh, following up from the last podcast. Uh, it seems... Uh, Jamie Dimon is uh, repositioning himself, of course. I was uh, listening to the Corbett Report, and they were reviewing an article, which I'll link later, uh, regarding his uh, statements about uh, uh, taking over using eminent domain to uh, <clears throat> basically do what Klaus Schwab wants, which is, of course, uh, uh, the along the lines of uh, ownership, private ownership, to, uh, the erosion or the cessation of private ownership, which, of course, is always uh, the goal of communism to make it uh, make it impossible for anybody to have any property. Everything belongs to the state. So, or whenever the state gets tired of you having ownership, quote unquote, they just take it from you. And they always lie to you about what they'll give to you, of course, because, you know, you don't matter in this uh, equation that has been rolled out on all of us. Uh, it goes to the <clears throat> entire, uh, <clears throat> what do you say, uh, agenda that's been going on for the last 30 years. So, the idea, and then of course someone drives by and shouts out the car like they're smart or something. I don't know. Anywho, uh, uh, there's a lady, uh, quite a, well, she passed away a couple years ago, I think in middle of 2021, uh, Corey, I forget what her name, first name was, I think it's, uh, uh, started, I think it started with a P, but I can't remember exactly. She was, uh, um, very hip to this concept because she had worked in, uh, some parts of government specific, uh, specifically tied to land usage. This was out in California. I think this is the reason why she was so hip to it because all the crazy ideas come from California. Certainly the, <clears throat> the ones that we're so familiar with, you know, everything gets test, tested out there. They continue to do that to this day uh, regarding transgenderism, uh, uh, criminal proceedings, civil, you know, issues, everything gets tested out there. That's the reason why, you know, it's going to become eventually, the techies out there believe in this stuff because, you know, when you're at the top of the food chain and divorced from reality, you never really see the impacts of your policies, even though um, <laughs> they're very well, they very well see it if they want to. They're just evil or, what would you say, amoral. And, you know, they don't, anything that benefits them, they don't care about uh, the rest of us. So that's one part of the, the today's uh, adventures. Um, another thing was I've been uh, looking at, and here's a kind of an actual interesting story follow-up. So... I've been investigating, you know, for a while about Hunter Biden and this uh, Magnolia LNG. Well, uh, as of last week, uh, 
Glenfarn uh, group had uh, officially closed out in the hopes of uh, uh, their, uh, you know, consummating a deal within uh, the two-year time frame that they had uh, allotted themselves. Well, there's been a follow-up or there's been a um, some reporting to provide on that. So, Glenfarn has uh, created a, a shift towards uh, hydrogen-based uh, energy. So, they, they, they put out their presser, which is delusional, but nevertheless, in the presser, they, they, they're reporting their their ideas and concepts of what they own and, and whatnot. They have wind, uh, hydrogen, LNG. They mentioned Magnolia and Texas LNG. And they mess, they mentioned this in their presser, but they haven't mentioned any new deals. But they also filed through the Department of Energy. Um, uh, um, well, it's not a FERC, but it's... Uh, so Federal Energy, I don't know, it's like a continuation motion to give them more time in regards to the allotment of time regarding the development of Magnolia, uh, specifically down at, uh, to, I think they wanted to get an extension out to 2026 uh, or something along that lines. I can't remember. It's like six pages long. It's a PDF. I'll include the PDF uh, in the podcast and you can look it over. But here's the other part of this story. So... Hunter Biden had showed up, just so happened, on April 6th, uh, right around that time frame, April 5th and 6th, in New York City. Well, what's that got to do with anything? Well, he also did that back in December. And it just so happens at times, right around the time frames, uh, literally within, you know, a day or two, of this uh, Glenfarn Group's uh, dealings, both times he shows up in New York City. It's reported this way uh, by Fox News, and, and uh, again, and it's tied to his art dealings, his art gallery bullshit. Uh, there's an art gallery that's located uh, on the south south end of Midtown, uh, which is roughly about a mile or so from Glenfarn Group, which is in Midtown, and it's also a halfway point between uh, the Continental Trust. A stock trust uh, location. So it's just my estimation or my my thinking, my hypothesis that I've been working on that he owned that he he got himself in on this 22%. And the next big item is that uh, there's been some evidence, at least evidently there's some rumblings that the Chinese, so his uh, let's just say his co-conspirer and our uh, direct enemy uh, are are trying to put leverage on the Bidens in particular and are giving uh, access to uh, documentation supposedly to uh, our congressional people. This is just a soft way of saying yes we can uh, uh, it's been rumored that I'll show the article that's uh, tied to this uh, John Solomon and the Gateway Pundit, which, you know, you can take them for what they are. But they did mention, again, Cathay Bank. Well, as I've reported, Cathay Bank is located in Midtown, Manhattan, 
or you know the midtown in the southern district new york so you'll you'll be able to look at it and discuss look at the the location and it's located right in midtown and i have verified information via emails that uh he was working with a a gal named mandy wong at cathay bank which is a wealth management uh she's working in wealth management so that's one story tied to Hunter Biden. And the other story I have tied uh, is tied to wealth management that uh, he was dealing with uh, regarding Morgan Stanley. And Morgan Stanley, of course, is located in multiple places around the world. Uh, in particular, he was dealing with a guy who was located out of Chicago. And, I mean, these numerous emails, like, and he also went and played golf with this guy, you know. Guess what? You know, go figure. Go to the golf course. And this isn't the only guy that Hunter Biden has dealt with uh, through golfing, uh, golf out outings and meeting people. He did this in 2014. He did this in 2015. I don't think they, they've changed their habits much. You know, where do you, as uh, George Carlin used to say, uh, <laughs> golf courses are just the place where people go to divvy up America a little bit finer amongst themselves. Uh, he wasn't wrong. <laughs> it's pretty much the case that between golf outings and restaurants, these uh, these uh, never do wells who are attached to the, poli uh, to the politics and the policies of destroying this country, I go there and they work out deals to make you and me poor and take advantage of our. You know, lack. They don't want transparency, obviously. Because if we really knew what they were doing, which we do. See, the the Biden laptop is the Rosetta Stone to a lot of shadiness that goes on in Washington, D.C. On both sides, Democrats and Republicans. Uh, people that are connected to everything. And that's what my uh, latest article was written about, tied to Bill Barr and the neocons. Everybody wanted to get a piece of uh, the action, and they all bought in on the Biden administration. And by buying in, I mean they uh, took his uh, uh, they took his avarice and greed, and his uh, desire to be uh, obviously the big dog, <laughs> even though he can't spell his name now. So the only thing that his uh, consolation prize is he became president of the United States, but he has no idea. Well. He can't run the, he, he barely can remember what he's doing. And of course, everybody else, the, on the left and the right, everybody's got a little piece of the action. And that's what they're running on all of us. I mean, that's why Ukraine is hot and heavy with uh, uh, the neocon, neocon click. And then everybody else is just uh, getting their little piece of the action. That's why you see all the, the leftist, uh, craziness with uh, transgenderism and whatnot and then you got the great resetters and then you have uh, yeah the people that want to just destroy this country down to its nothingness and so everybody's he there were so many deals made by Biden because we all know he wasn't popular now do I think people voted for him sure I'm sure there are people that voted for him we know that but did 81 million people vote for him? No, nah, I don't. That that didn't happen. So a lot of that's just fakery. 
and that is like I said this isn't about you know this is just about the fact that you know deals were made to do everything you know obviously we know about the the intelligence agencies which of the 51 who signed on to that that drivel uh, 44 of them were tied to Republican administrations uh, priorly so it was a more than a collective effort by uh, the right or to put you know install Joe Biden into the White House so you know you have these banks that are involved in this stuff and you have big groups like the Carlisle group and then you have Morgan Stanley who oh by the way when I was looking did I did just a cursory evaluation of a couple people that were happened to be attached to this uh, um, this particular investment uh, group that was involved with Dominion's patents uh, yeah they did they, they did uh, lean to the right in terms of their donate political donations in particular one of the the, uh, the guy who signed off on uh, paperwork that was processed and December 2019, a guy named Hank D'Alessandro. It just so happens um, the name is spelled differently from uh, uh, Nancy Pelosi's original uh, name. Uh, however, when I say it was spelled differently, it just so happens that Nancy's uh, grandparents, uh, when they came over, the, the spelling was spelled with two S's and not just one. But... I couldn't make a connection between those two group, two names, but uh, nevertheless, uh, the guy was a Romney backer and, and a lot of other uh, people on the right, according to his uh, FEC filings. So, uh, no dice there, but it does show that, you know, you can have a lot of cooperation. People, and I don't like to just judge people by their politics, but, you know, at this point, you... <laughs> That's all we do. You just go where the go where the data takes you, and uh, it doesn't really, you know, align with everything. But then again, you know, <laughs> if they were really if they uh, were holding these uh, patents for a while, and they held them through multiple banks, uh, through uh, Royal Bank of Canada um, and HSB Canada, and H and that's uh, the two big the two biggies here, and of course they were represented by Morgan Stanley. So, stands reason when you have all these international and and uh, going back, uh, the North Haven Credit Partners was uh, <clears throat> uh, their their investors. When I say investors, so it was a seven hundred thirty-seven million dollar uh, fund. Uh, early on, their investors were. Uh, well, they were Morgan Stanley, a Morgan Stanley affiliated, but they were located in Hong Kong, Singapore, uh, London, and Switzerland. Uh, the the affiliates of Morgan Stanley. So I don't know, <laughs> you know, they they didn't break down the uh, the amount of money from each one of those areas, but they were attached to the initiation in 2014. I think it was July of 2014. To establish this uh, 737 million dollar uh, fund, that eventually wound up being the administrative agent for these patents, and they got 15 million dollars off of it. Um, which is to say, it it wasn't an insubstantial amount of money that they wound up getting for whole, uh, for being the administrative agent for patents for a period of about three years, plus some interest on it. 
Plus, there were numerous. There were three other law firms that got a slice of this, which I actually need to follow up on one of them because it was located offshore in uh, Caymans, uh, just to see. <laughs> of course, there's always a Caymans Islands connection, but they just got like a cursory uh, five thousand dollars. And and here's the connect that I was trying to make, or I did make. So the fact that they uh, they did a consolidation of 13 funds that were attached to this Morgan Stanley, and they did just so happen to do it on the same day that uh, Epstein's files were released, and it just so happens that Dominion and this law firm that represented. Uh, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell they didn't represent it wasn't they released files that were related to Jeffrey Epstein but it wasn't Jeffrey Epstein that was on the lawsuit it was Ghislaine Maxwell and Ghislaine had uh, they had been using this law firm for several years and they were located out of uh, Denver Colorado and it just so happens if you do the mapping that uh, this law firm is located like <laughs> three tenths of a mile away from um, uh, Dominion I don't. I mean, I know people say, "Well, you, yeah, that's a that's a stretch." Well, it isn't really. Because I mean, what was the probability that the, that her uh, she would and she didn't hire these people until I think 2016, which is after when these patents had been moved uh, moved around through Dominion. Just saying, seems kind of interesting. Don't know what the uh, I don't know what the connection was or why it was, but we know Epstein was Intel. <laughs> he worked for he he was uh, he, I mean he had to be Intel for one thing. He had a, a amount of access to uh, Bill Clinton, and I'd have to go find the video, and I have the video of him or uh, Alan Dershowitz, who represented Epstein. He was talking with the, a guy who was interviewing him. Uh, and the interview was regarding uh, the establishment of the of the Clinton Foundation and uh, Clinton Health, uh, in particular the Clinton Health Initiative, and uh, that Epstein had made the recommendation. And Alan Dershowitz set the stage as he was at uh, Lady Rothschild's, <laughs> like that name wasn't loaded or anything. <laughs> so he was dining with uh, Bill Clinton this was in the 2000s and then Bill gets a call and it's Jeffrey Epstein and then Bill takes the call and talks to him for like 10 or 15 minutes you know while you know while they were sitting at Lady Rothschild's with Alan Dershowitz and then he comes back to the phone or come back after and he said Epstein had some kind of idea and Alan Dershowitz actually had his name uh, put out there in regards to this thing he might have signed off on this deal. When I say signed off, like he was, he represented the deal, uh, whatever the structure, and he acted like he didn't remember it. And the guy <laughs> kind of called him out on it. And says, "Well, uh, you you were attached, you know, you were involved with it." And the guy says, "Well, you know, Alan just says, well, I don't remember it.'" <laughs> so, you know, it stands to reason. I mean, his access level to Clinton, and by the way, that access level happened was back when Clinton was actually in the White House, uh, and that he had to have 
you know, you don't just get access to the present where you're always visiting and doing the stuff or even a, a former president, you know, neither me or you or, you know, 99.99% of the people could get a, a, a sit down meeting with this guy. So Epstein, given his background, and of course, I go through the history going back to the 70s and that he actually, well, I didn't discuss his time on Wall Street, but evidently he was uh you know ran across uh, he actually worked, did some work at bear stearns and and then he met robert maxwell who <laughs> died uh died suspiciously or was killed <laughs> suspiciously after uh bungling a bunch of money when he was uh you know stealing uh <laughs> money off of his uh businesses i don't know what it was like two or three hundred million dollars and you know so these are all shady characters they're all involved and they got their hands in a lot of cookie jars and their criminal versatility which is a which is a hallmark or a marker of psychopathy by the way if you go look up the hair um, hair test one of the uh, hallmarks is uh, criminal versatility and you can measurement of that is just by the number of scams and cons that you run and it always usually involves lots of money it usually involves uh, philo uh, philanthropy, you know, it's always very, very interesting. And, of course, Epstein had a lot of hands in different uh, cookie jars with, uh, he was into, you know, you know, what you want to call it, genetics and uh, AI. I mean, he literally funded an AI guy, Ben Gertzel, uh, who happens to be uh, uh, still out there in the wild, and he works for the uh, World Economic Forum. Uh, you can look at his name is kind of funky, and he has a website, by the way. He has a, I'll I'll find a link. I'll find the link to uh, the singular. It's like singularity.net or singularity.net. It's on YouTube. He's got a, a site, and you can you can go and look at his uh, stuff, Ben Gertzel, and you can you know analyze or assess him for yourself and determine you know how that all works out. But uh, yeah. That was one guy who was connected to Epstein. Literally, it's on his foundation, the Jeffrey Epstein Foundation pages. And so, you know, and he made donations to Harvard. And we know Harvard is, well, beyond neck deep in this stuff, but uh, um, across an array of uh, situations. Boston is an epicenter for a lot of this stuff. When I say epicenter, it's just between uh, biotechnology, AI, nanotechnology, you know, the, the whole range and the whole bastion of uh, Moderna, <laughs> you know, vaccines. Uh, obviously, they're involved in all the social stuff. They have a huge endowment. You know, money goes through there. You almost can't work in finance, at least at a high level, without having a Harvard, uh, uh, Harvard Business School degree. I mean... Well, as I say, it certainly doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't hurt to have it if you're going to be. Uh, and you know, obviously, once you're at that level, if you're a Harvard Business uh, graduate or a Harvard Law graduate, uh, quote unquote, the world is your oyster. We know all about that. You know, you can pretty much write your ticket. Uh, and of course, they will. <laughs> I think there's there's probably been a pretty long history though i can't prove it or i wouldn't know where to start that if you're attached in that regards to their business school or their law school 
that they will pretty much do anything to relatively keep you out of prison <laughs> because they don't want uh, they don't want the dis uh, a bad reputation, you know. <laughs> and of course, uh, last couple of presidents, you know, and you can go look at Barack Obama. He went to law school, and you can Bush, George W. was uh, Harvard Business School. Just saying, you know, <laughs> it's not a uh, it's not to, to be ignored. But, uh, yeah, these uh, people are all, you know, connected together. And the Epstein angle uh, with these documents and these patents, I mean, there's something there. And Bill Barr, and then the thing is, when I found out that uh, uh, now President uh, Biden had, had had a private meeting with uh, Rub um, Rubenstein from um, the Carlisle Group, and they did it at the Naval Observatory, and uh, like I said, Hunter's heavily connected to a guy who was pushing Carlisle Group uh, uh, connections. As a matter of fact, they were they were trying to buy into a, a grill. It's called the Tadish Grill. So, yeah, these people are you know they're always making hustles and deals, and the Chinese also were putting leverage on uh, uh, Hunter to, and not only leverage, but they also paid him. So. When someone gives you money and he gives you seven figures worth or even eight figures worth of money, they expect results. And uh, uh, Hunter uh, <laughs> screwed that up. And of course, we—it's kind of interesting how this is all. You know, it's all going to play out at some point or another. There's going to be a big. Uh, if the Chinese are now releasing documents, of course, what we know what they're doing in Taiwan. Yeah, there's a there's a method to their madness. They're getting ready to. I think you drop the hammer uh, in ways that uh, the American public will be sh shielded from or it'll be spun up into something along the lines of what this current uh, uh, leak is going on. Uh, with leak, when I say leak. A 21-year-old uh, with, you know, <laughs> accessing, you know, they're just throwing this guy, they're going to throw him under the bus just like they do, like anybody nowadays who's in a position of responsibility, um, you have to ask yourself, you know, uh, it's not so much that the, the security clearance, but, yeah, just <laughs> the, the, you know, if you really wanted to do anything about it, you wouldn't want to make a big spectacle of it, but there's, there's angles to be had on this, too, so they could be using this to re-roll re -roll out the, the Restrict Act or, you know, this whole, <laughs> this whole idea is to get us to where we can't open our mouths, can't uh, talk about things. Uh, how dare you, uh, they'll make everything about a national security threat, no matter, no matter what the fact is, is that the, our government and uh, the D.C. establishment are the threats. They're threats to the Constitution and our society. Um they're creating havoc with finance. And, uh, yeah, it's coming that way. But, uh, well, I'm going to end it here for now. Uh, I think I've uh, <laughs> talked enough. And I'll leave the links to the, the particular articles and, uh, and uh, video. And hopefully uh, uh, you can enjoy them. God bless the United States of America. And God save the world.